This morning we have John Dowdy from Child Evangelism Fellowship, co-director of the Central Maine area, speaking this morning, bringing us the message. His co-director is Jonathan Ray, and uh, I think it's been quite some time that we've heard from the ministry, um, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about Child Evangelism Fellowship. Uh, John is married and has five children, the, the most recent one coming this past year, so uh, he's a busy father as well. Thank you for joining us this morning, John. Did I get this one on? All right. It is a privilege to be here. Uh, about 15 years ago, a young man was uh, coming here to do a day camp with a crew of people. And I had a, it was me, that young man, and I had a uh, pickup with a trailer behind it. The leaders, some of the men in the church knew I was coming, so they were wise enough and blocked off the, uh, the um, area across the street so with their vehicles. And uh, it was quite an experience. I've, my dad had taught me quite a bit in, in uh, how to handle a trailer. He made me back down my grandfather's pit road, which was a half a mile, and do all sorts of things that way. But, you know, you get into situations, you never know what you're going to find. You don't. Well, these men, experienced with trailers, they taught me, they just showed me how to back into this little driveway here with a pickup and a trailer. And you know what? I had never had such an easy time backing a trailer. I didn't have to think. And that was because the men here at this church were thinking enough of what to do to teach me. You know, I've used that trick ever since of, they would literally go just like this as I was supposed to turn that steering wheel. I never had to put a thought to it. Now that I've been doing things for a number of years, I still teach people in that same format. As an EMT attendant in my local town, I'm the driver trainer for the ambulance trainers. It's the ambulance drivers, they come in. And, and guess what I do to teach them how to back up when I'm outside? I use the turning of the steering wheel just as I learned right outside of these walls here. So this church actually has been a part of uh, my life for uh, about 15 years, though it hasn't been a lot in the past few. Now, 15, 16, I was trying to figure exactly when we first started coming to do the day camps. Back then, my wife was not my wife. She was a fellow partner in the ministry with me. Her name back then was Ann Ackroyd, and now she's Ann Dowdy, a beautiful woman. We've been married for 10 years, and uh, we do have five boys that we are raising at this time. Uh, you think that's bad enough. My co-worker, Jonathan Ray, uh, he has six kids. So in Central Maine, we go, when we go as the two of us, we bring our own club with us doing things. Uh, unfortunately, my wife was going to come with me today with our youngest. We were gone last week from our church, our home church, and uh, so we we're going to leave our kids at the church with my parents. But... Um, only one of my sons got to stay with the, at our home church as the three of the other ones are sick. So my wife had to stay home with those. Um, they're, they're not real sick, but there's just enough that we didn't want to tote them all over the place. And uh, it's been a, quite, a, quite a go the past few weeks, and it's good for them just to recoup, as you may know. Um, we work with Child Evangelism Fellowship, so that's CEF, we'll refer to CEF and Child Evangelism Fellowship interchangeably. Um, it's an organization that was started um, in 1939 
by a man named Jesse Irvin Overholzer. He was a Mennonite preacher for a number of years, and then one day he got saved, and realizing, <laughs> realizing that it was by grace he is saved, not by works that he's saved. As a young boy, he uh, had gone to his mother and said, I have sin. I need to deal with my sin. And his mom said, you're too young to worry about that right now. And uh, so, one day after he was saved and was still preaching in the same denomination, he uh, read a book from, uh, and now I just forgot the name of the author, but anyway, it was a, it was a uh, book from a man in England, a great, uh, great preacher. And that booklet said this, that a child by the age of five, if properly instructed, is as capable of receiving the gospel of grace as an adult. And he's always Charles Spurgeon. He said, Spurgeon, you're a liar. He took the book and threw it in the trash. And um, a day later, he pulled that book out and finished reading it. And he was curious. See, as a kid, he was told, you're too young. You're too young. So he looked and he was walking down the street one day in town. He saw two young girls in his church at Sunday school class. And he pulled them off the side and he, he shared the gospel with them. And, and they readily received it. And he said, don't tell anyone. Because <laughs> not only in his denomination was he an outcast for us preaching salvation by faith alone, but children in his denomination couldn't get saved. So now he was going to be doubly in trouble with things. Well, a couple of weeks later, their mother comes up to him and says, Pastor Overholzer, what should you do to my two daughters? What do you mean? He says, they're different. They're more obedient. They're kinder. What happened to them? And he realized their hearts had been changed. Their hearts had been changed. And that started his journey at age 60 to taking six months and studying the Bible, what do children need to hear from the Word of God, which was what he set out as our doctrinal statement, which is still the same today. And from there, God used him to start this organization called Child Evangelism Fellowship, which since that time has entered into just about every country of the world, um, with local leadership in almost every country that we are established in. Since that time, we have gone to reaching almost 20 million children worldwide with a gospel with a 1 to 2 million a year coming to know Christ as their Savior worldwide. Most of those statistics don't come from America, unfortunately. But when you go into Middle Eastern countries, African countries, and Asian countries, God is doing an amazing work through Child Evangelism Fellowship. And just in the past decade, we have seen our staff throughout the world almost doubled because of the work that God is doing in the hearts of children. Friends, God is ready to reach the child. He is ready to reach the child. So let me tell you a little bit about CF in Central Maine. How do we fit into the big picture? There you see it. We're that five counties that are lit up in the, in the brighter color. Uh, Knox, Waldo, Penobscot, Piscataquis, and Somerset counties. That's the area that my coworker Jonathan and Ray and I, we, uh, oversee. We oversee the ministries of Good News Clubs, Five Day Clubs, 
We oversee the training of churches and individuals to teach children. Um, you can see there the little dot in the middle of the U.S. That is our national and international headquarters in Warrington, Missouri. And I put the picture of the world there because really our organization is worldwide. The ministry we have is worldwide and children all over the world are readily ready to meet Jesus. These are the directors in CF Central Maid. You can see my coworker there. He's got, he, he outdid me by one child and also he has girls. <laughs> my wife and I just have boys. There was a lady in our church that gave my wife a bracelet last year for Christmas. And on the bracelet, it says, boy, mom. <laughs> She's a boy, mom. Uh, it was funny. Back uh, when we first started working together, the first year, uh, Brad Walker, who was last year, was Child Evangelism Fellowship. He was the one owning a day camp that we were doing. And he put us on different teams. And, and on Ann's team, he put only boys one week. And she's like... There were two men here, me and another guy, who could have worked with these boys better than me. Why in the world did Brad give me all the boys? And she says, oh boy, God must be teaching me something. Well, she had no idea what was in store at that point. Uh, my coworker Jonathan Ray, is a pastor up in LaGrange, as well as uh, full-time with us in CEF. And um, he is focused a lot with the training. He does a lot with uh, pastoral relations. Um, that's... Uh, it's fitting, being a pastor, he can do that well. My job is more towards the administrative, some training as well. I'm the one who, uh, y'all heard you talk about child protection policy. You know, I'm the one who makes sure that gets done, the one who deals with those administrative stuff. And uh, both of us together, i got to say this. In CEF of Maine, there's been, in CEF, there's rarely been co-directors of an organization. Though it has happened before. But to our knowledge, it's the first time that's been two married men as co-directors. And I've got to say this, you're wondering, what is it like being a co-director? Those of you who are married, would you like to raise a family with just you, or would you like to raise a family with you and your spouse? And I've got to say, it is nice. My strengths are his weaknesses, his strengths are my weaknesses, and we know that, and we work in that. And what a joy that is to do such things. We are accompanied this year with a couple of people. Our Deborah Smith is a great asset. She is a volunteer. Volunteer secretary. I cannot begin to express how important that is that she is our secretary. I tell people she is the bolt that holds everything together. Um, one of my great strengths is that I cannot spell. And uh, everything that goes out, we try to run by her. And what a joy it is to have someone who really does this because she loves it. She's been a secretary all of her life. And uh, now in retirement, she's still a secretary. And Catherine Johnston is with us this year as an intern from New Brunswick Bible Institute. And um, she has been summer missionary with us for a number of years as well. So we are thankful for this team alongside of us. What has God been doing in CF Essential Maine? You've heard a little bit about globally here. We have good news clubs. We are praising God right now. Wednesday evening, there's going to be a brand new club starting up in Canaan. And then the following... Thursday, there's a brand new Good News Club starting up in Lincoln. A Good News Club is a weekly Bible club. It is the core ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship. And these Good News Clubs, many of them are in a school. They are in a school, after school program, where children are allowed to stay with parental permission to attend our clubs and then get picked up after our club. Some of the clubs are in homes or churches or community buildings. 
And we praise God for these weekly encounters with children. Pray for volunteers, because that is the number one reason we do not have more Good News Clubs, is volunteers. That's the number one reason why we had three Good News Clubs have to close down last year, because of volunteers. Be praying for that to happen. Be praying that churches, like yourself, would say, we need to reach the children in our community. Not just the ones that enter our four walls, but the children that are outside of our four walls. And say, we want to set up and do a good news club. We have ECHO. It's a training that we have done. Jonathan Ray is really the spearheader of this. And this training is designed for us to come into churches. We actually will bring pizza with us. And we will do a... I don't necessarily call it training. I like to call it refreshment course. As an EMT, there's something I have to do every two years. It's called a CPR refresher course. And there's also, every three years, I have to recertify as an EMT, and I have to do refreshment in that. You know, as a teacher of God's Word, how much more important is it to be refreshed in what you're teaching? And we do an echo training where we will come, bring pizza for your children's ministry team, and just try to encourage them through reminding them what it is we're doing, why we're doing it. And actually, we will do this to anyone in the church that is involved there. Teacher enrichment, our good news clubs, we are involved in keeping them going and stuff like that. Pray that we can effectively encourage those teachers so that they are continuing on with the full energy of God in their clubs there. Um, we're encouraged with the internship that I mentioned with Catherine Johnson. And five-day clubs, that's a summer program we do. Uh, it's a five-day club, very well named, I should say. But uh, we do Bible stories, missionary stories, games, songs, memory verses. And we love to come and partner with local churches in that program. We like to do them in parks and, you know, people's dooryards where there's kids in a neutral location from the church who can then be invited to the church. And that's what we like to do at five-day clubs. Some things that God has done for us. Uh, Focus on the One is a program. You see those books there. Those devotional books are a, a neat little opportunity that a Good News Club teachers are taking. In the summertime, we don't have a Good News Club. So we encourage the teachers to pick out children who seem to really be keyed in. And what they do is they take these books once a month and they knock on the family's door and find out how that child's doing, how they're doing in their devotion life. And then encourage them continually every month in the summer there. Camp Jira is a big, a big ministry that's growing in our central main area. It's a day camp up in Herman. We are within about 30 minutes of almost half of our children's population in central Maine with that location. And uh, we're praying for that as it's growing. We're kind of in the growing stages right now. And Catherine Johnson is doing a lot of work on that. One of our board members, Andrew Bermudez, is doing a lot of work on that. Be praying as we go that we're trying to make everything we do be church-focused to help the local church. Child Advancement Fellowship really is only here because the local church has been called to teach the children. And then church partnerships, please keep that in prayer as we go through. We need to have churches. What can you do? You can pray. Pray for us. Pray for us, please. You don't understand, maybe, I don't know, I don't understand the power of prayer. But I do know this much here. One day when I was in college up to MBBI, I had been doing a children's program at a church in Fredericton. That's an hour from the school. And we had to leave at noon in order to get there and set up in time. We got home at about midnight. 
And then I had to be up at 5 o'clock every morning to make the bread and then do it all over again for four days in a row. And that last night that I did not have the program, I went to bed at 8 o'clock saying, God, I need sleep. Because that weekend was our kids' quest where all the children were coming to the campus. And uh, at that very moment, little did I know, one of the pastors in a church just south of MBBI said, hey guys, I don't know why, this is Wednesday night, 7 o'clock prayer meeting, if you understand the time zone change, the exact time saying, God, I need prayer, I need, I need sleep. He says, I don't know why, but I can't get Jonathan Dowdy off my mind. Let's stop for a few minutes before we do anything here, let's pray for him. You want to know what? I slept until almost 8 o'clock, and class starts at 8.15. <laughs> I forgot to get up and make the bread that morning. Thankfully, though, there was enough bread for that day. So I was all set there. God took care of it. The power of prayer is amazing. You can get involved. Maybe God will touch someone's heart here and say, hey, we need a good news club that this church adopts. This church says it's our outreach ministry. Hey, we need to connect with the children in this community. Get involved. We are looking for people who have desires to help in the committee as well. Get involved. Get to know what Child Advancement Fellowship is. More importantly, get involved in your home church here with the ministries going on here. That's what needs to happen. And then you can give. Um, we are right now praising God that financially CF Central Maine is running in the black every, every month. We praise God for that. The one thing that we are lacking right now is not finances. We're lacking staff. About five years ago, we were a staff of four. Right now, and that four included the single person who can put a lot of effort into things. Now we're a staff of two married men who have a lot of family commitments. So be praying for the Lord to raise up a full-time staff with us, and then with that will be needed the finances to support that full-time staff. Thank you so much for your part with our church, from this church, with our organization. I remember it was, I think about... Three years ago, you guys invited us over for our meal with some people um, as our families down here. And I appreciate those little steps of encouragement. I want to take some time now. We're going to um, open up into the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10. And I've got to put my head to make sure I don't overspeak. I uh, teach a couple of good news clubs, and uh, in both those clubs, I haven't found... So- Volunteers are important. I haven't found someone to help me teach, so I have to teach the whole thing. But um, I want to go to Mark chapter 10 for the last few minutes that I have with you guys. And uh, go to verse 13. It says this. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Dear God, it's a privilege to come here today. It's a privilege to open your word and to know that you have given us the truth that we can understand. And Lord, uh, you have given us the knowledge of what you want us to do, and you have given us the strength through your Spirit to do it. 
I pray you'd be an encouragement and blessing and teach our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look here at Mark chapter 10, there's a great thing happening. You may not see it yet because it's in the verses beforehand, but Jesus is teaching to some adults about a very important topic. And then all of a sudden, it happens. The great interruption. The great interruption. All the kids in junior church just get pulled out here to come and sit and talk with me. Ah! And the leaders say, no, no, go back, go back. This is what was going on. The disciples, you have to understand, though, what they did, do you really blame them? Jesus is in the middle of a great discussion, and children are coming and interrupting it. Actually, what the disciples are doing, I know I've always looked at this passage thinking, man, those guys are mean. But really, they're doing just about what anyone would do. They're keeping the meeting going. They're keeping the meeting going. What they failed to realize was where Jesus' priorities lie. Who did Jesus come to the earth for? What was his purpose? John 3.17 gives us a really good understanding of his purpose to come. It says that he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. As we go through this passage, we're going to find out why the children coming to Jesus was so important and a high priority to him. We look here and yes, the people bringing the children, this is important. Likely, it doesn't tell us, but likely would have been the mothers and the grandmothers. That is historically what we would understand. It actually was a practice where um, rabbis would have children brought to them for a blessing. It says in here that they were brought to him that he might touch them. That was the blessing. Blessing of the rabbi. Blessing of the rabbi on the child. It was likely the parent, the grandparent, bringing these children. First of all, I want to bring this out. Friends, parents, grandparents, many of you are one of those. It is your job to bring children to Jesus. It is your job to do that. You look in the Bible and all over the place you see whose job is it to teach the children? It's the parents' job. I hate to say it, the Sunday school class at junior church is not the spot where children should hear first the Word of God. My wife, I love watching her with our children. As she sits there with our nursing child, nursing son, Many times, that's when she does her devotions, and her reading is out loud. Even when the children were in the womb, she would sit there, read out loud. As uh, you read through here, in the Luke passage of this, you find that even infants were being brought to Jesus. That's how you know that this is really focusing on children. I've been really convicted by this, too. Like, wow. In Child Advancement Fellowship, we focused on the 5 through 12-year-olds. By then, we're almost past the point of what was going on here. So as we were talking, my coworker and I, about this, 
I realized, you know what, we're not just in the business of reaching children for Christ, we're in the business of having the next generation of parents teach their infants for Christ. That's what we're in the business of, too. So Jesus is there. Children are interrupting. The disciples say, go away. I want you to look at Jesus' remark. He was indignant. He made it very clear that this pushing away of the children was not his plan. He was separating himself from that idea that children are to stay away to the idea that children should come. Let those children come to me. Do not hinder them. I want to look at this idea for a minute. When you look at the people who are pushing the children away, guess what you're looking at? You're looking at yourselves. They're the same people. I'm not saying you guys are pushing children away. What I'm saying is you have the opportunity now to not be rebuked by God, but to instead be praised by continuing to bring those children to Jesus. What does that mean practically today? How does that apply to us today? Well, unfortunately, many parents today have no desire to bring children to the church. But that's not what was happening, was it? What was happening? Children being brought to Jesus. Can you find Jesus outside of the walls of a church? Yeah. Jesus should be taken to where they are. Not all parents will bring their children anyways. But let us do everything as a church we can to make that opportunity available to them. I've often wondered, it is God's desire that no one should perish, but all should come to repentance. And yet there's people who have not heard. That must mean it's God's desire that there are people who aren't doing what they're supposed to do to share that truth. Are we, by not sharing, hindering children from coming to Jesus? Are we, by not doing Bible clubs in the public, hindering children from not coming to Jesus? Would that same rebuke be applicable if we're not doing a Bible club in our community available to the children? If we're not going out and teaching parents how to teach their children in the communities? If we're not going out sharing the gospel in homes? I wonder if that rebuke would be applicable. That's a question that's been on my mind as, we've gone, as I've gone through this. Next, we come here, and, and Jesus gives the key to why it was important to let the children come. This is the key here. For such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. I have not found in Scripture where the Bible says a child needs to become like an adult to be saved. But you see where adults need to become like children to be saved. What does that mean? Mothers. Remember those days that newborn was 100% dependent on you? You remember how they wanted and desired you more than anything or anyone else? Fathers, mothers, do you remember holding those new 
kiddos as their heads are starting to get some stiffness to them. You remember how they would be happy and giggly and they just kind of flop around and not have a care? You remember those days? They had complete confidence in their parents for their provision. They have complete confidence as I'm holding Zacchaeus, my youngest. He's there. He doesn't hold on to me. That's tiring. That's tiring. I like it when they start to grab on because then they hold some of their own weight. But the beautiful thing about that is that's the exact same way that we need to be with God. Trust Zacchaeus, my youngest. He has not a care in the world when I'm in, when he's in my arms. He has never care. He's, he can swap himself around. He can even get to the point. Sometimes I'll let him just kind of flop back and he knows I'm going to, he doesn't jump, startle anything. He knows I'm going to catch him. Fathers, how many of you remember this thing? What was the, what was said right afterwards? More! Do it again! Right? Huh. Do it again, Daddy. Huh. And then the other one comes over. Do it to me. Do it to me. <laughs> With five of them, even the nine-year-old once in a while says, do it, man. I'm like, no. <laughs> you're done. Now, what happens, too, is now I have to say, no, you're not doing it <laughs> to the younger ones. <laughs> no. Do you see the faith that we need to have as adults? And do you see why children are ready to receive Christ? Children are ready to receive Christ. Unfortunately, that trust, that faith, that reliance is being lost at a younger and younger age. Being on the ambulance, I have met some pretty rough situations. When you walk into a room and realize that uh, this dead infant in the room is going to put you to court for a homicide case. You realize very quickly children are losing someone to have that trust in. That's why it's important that we take every opportunity teach children. You don't have to teach them what faith and trust is. It's already in their life. You just have to show them that the God that they are longing for is Jesus. And then we see at the closing of this passage, does Jesus just talk a good talk? No. He follows through. He takes those children up in his arms and blesses them. We live in a horrible age. One of my least favorite things to do is um, the child protection policy background checks. I hate it. One of the hardest things to deal with is the realization we have to be super, super careful with everything we do. Because almost anything can be taken the wrong way. 
and one of the most detrimental things to our ministry has been how careful we have to be with our touch. At our camps, we tell people, touch with respect in company with people. Why? Because children still need it. They need to know what it's like to have someone who loves them and cares for them touch them. So they can realize just what it is for Jesus to have touched them back in those days. Oh, we have to be so careful. But we cannot forget this. Jesus has touched on those children that physical touch, I believe, was just as important in them receiving him as hearing the truth. Because they knew it was a touch of love. Can you imagine that touch of love? What a beautiful thing. With that being said, when children come, Let them experience the touch of love from God through His Word. You don't have to worry about teaching children very much. For the most part, as soon as you open the Bible and start teaching, they're absorbed into it. They love it. Let the little children come to me, said Jesus, and do not hinder them. May this church be known as a church that does not hinder the children. May you be known as a Christian who does not hinder the children. Pray for your families. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for your children that they would come to Christ. Pray for your communities. That those who have children would bring them to Jesus. And then pray for the children that they would grow up to be ones who bring their children to Jesus. God, it's a privilege to be here. It's a blessing. Thank you for allowing us to hear your word. May this church be encouraged and challenged from what you have given us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing hymn number.